am pink and I have Turner syndrome. That makes me a butterfly. Welcome to the Turner's podcast. I am so sorry, my regular listeners, um, that this podcast is two days late. I unfortunately have been going through a little bit of a struggle uh, in terms of my blood sugars and I've been having to go to doctor's appointments and things regarding that and I have another test and blood test to go to today um, regarding the blood sugars as well and it was also my birthday over the weekend so um, it's been very much a chaotic uh, couple of days so I do I do really really apologize that it is late. Um, I wanted to talk to you about what has actually been going on with my blood sugars. Basically I'm getting uh, blood sugar levels that are just above the um, the normal limit. And then I'm also dropping to hypo, which means low. So um, my blood sugars are reaching under four. Um, that's in MMOL. Um, so I am shooketh. The GPs are shooketh uh, as to what is going on. My original regular GP um, requested... Um, the blood test and the glucose tolerance test. The blood test came back fine technically and the glucose tolerance test came back fine. However, I'm still having hypos where my blood sugars drop too low and they are symptomatic as well. I get weak, I get shaky, I get clammy and it's not a nice thing to experience. It's not something that happens every day, um, but it is something that happens sort of sporadically. Um, It's quite upsetting to be going through this and the only reason why I have a machine to check my blood sugars is because I I was diagnosed as pre-diabetic or insulin resistant and I wanted to stay on top of it and make sure that I could check my blood sugars in the morning to make sure that my fasting blood sugars were staying under the required limit that the GP gave me. However, it has uh, brought my attention to the fact that I am getting lows and that is why I'm getting these random episodes of feeling really weak and shaky and tired and just foggy and not right. Um, so I went to my regular GP explaining that I was having lows and uh, it was pretty much dismissed, um, I guess, in regards to, um, I, I felt like it was brushed off. I felt like it was quite dismissed, which is really, really upsetting to me. Um, but I do feel like he based that dismissal on the previous 
uh, glucose test that I had that did come back normal. So, um, you know, it's not, I'm not a diabetic, uh, technically I've not been diagnosed. However, I sought a second opinion at the GP, um, at a different clinic. It was the after hours clinic, um, local to my location. And I explained to him the numbers that I had been receiving on the machine. And he said that no one who does not have diabetes should be dropping low. If you drop into a hypo, there is something significantly wrong. Like you are a diabetic or there is an underlying endocrine issue. No one should be dropping low. Um, and he also explained the numbers to me in a much more simplified way. And according to those numbers, I am diabetic, which is devastating to hear. Obviously, um, I'm still not officially diagnosed, um, but the plan is to do another blood test, another glucose tolerance test this morning. Uh, it's coming up in an hour. And then after I do the glucose tolerance test and the blood test, we wait for those results and we go by what those results say in terms of what our next steps are. He did also mention that the next steps would also be to immediately try and get an appointment as soon as possible with my endocrinologist. Uh, I have a regular endocrinologist, oh my goodness, endocrinologist that I see, um, she is absolutely, absolutely wonderful. And uh, I, I am going to be making a phone call today to be trying to get in for a little um, sort of emergency sort of appointment to see if anything else can be done. Um, but it will be good to have the blood work uh, ready for that prior to the appointment. I... I'm obviously concerned and confused as to all the different uh, mixed messages that I'm hearing from um, doctors, GPs, things like that. Um, you know, I have uh, one person tell me that normal people do drop low every now and then. Well, no they don't according to the GPRC last night um and I am just very confused some people are saying that my numbers are within the normal range and then other people are saying that my numbers are not within the normal range and that the diagnostics for diabetes are very strict in terms of the numbers that you know you have you have to see I am getting numbers that are regardless on the higher end, um, whether it be diabetic or on the higher end of normal. It is concerning regardless uh, because, 
say I am pre-diabetic or becoming insulin resistant rather than having diabetes itself, obviously I'm going to want to take precautionary measures to prevent it from becoming diabetes. There is so many concerns and confusions around what is going on with this. How come I'm getting abnormal readings on um, my device, yet my blood tests are coming back normal and my glucose tolerance test is coming back normal and I'm getting symptomatic lows. The GP last night said that my history does not make sense, essentially. Uh, I should not be getting lows regardless and I should not be having to carry jelly beans with me for when I do get a low reading and it it is concerning um obviously because he's basically said if it doesn't turn out to be diabetes that there could be an underlying endocrine issue regardless something needs to be done especially if you are receiving low glucose readings So I've been dealing with that as of late and it has put a lot of stress on me, a lot of stress on my partner. Um, So I hope that these further investigations that I'm going to be receiving today will give us some more answers. Um, And this is also a message to you butterflies and parents of butterflies. If you become in a situation where you are confused, unsure or not happy with a first opinion, then go and seek a second opinion. Go and seek a third opinion until you feel satisfied and until you feel like you have the answers that you need regarding your health. I wouldn't be having these tests redone and I wouldn't be seeking further assistance through my endocrinologist if I had not had the black and white of these blood sugar levels laid out in front of me by this GP who I saw last night as a second opinion end of the day if your blood sugars are reaching this level and this level you are diabetic that's the black and white of it there was no or some people are like this and some people are like that or it depends on when you take your blood sugars no if your blood sugars at any period during the day reach above a certain limit no matter how how you've eaten or what you've eaten you're diabetic if they reach these levels and I am reaching these levels and sometimes I'm reaching these levels two hours after I've eaten so which is when they do recommend you know to test it it's really upsetting to feel like you've been brushed off like this but at the same time the thing that is extremely confusing about my situation is I'm getting these, uh, I guess, diabetic readings on my machine at home, but the blood tests 
at the doctors are coming back absolutely fine. I have been diagnosed with pre-diabetes through the blood test that was at a pre-diabetic level according to one GP but according to another GP that blood test is not used as a diagnostic tool for diabetes and there is no specific level for you know uh, if you're at this level you're pre-diabetic if you're at this level then you're diabetic uh, well, actually, if if you do reach a certain level, then you are diabetic. But there's no, you know, prior to that. It's 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 normal or it's diabetic. There's no in between. And yes, um, it is extremely confusing because I have this. I have one doctor that's diagnosed me with pre-diabetes or uh, insulin resistance. But I've had further issues with my blood sugars, and all of a sudden, I'm beginning to have low blood sugars which is another concern I don't understand what is going on right now it's chaos it's normal blood tests with abnormal symptoms and abnormal readings why and this is what we need to get down to the bottom of and this is why I've had to seek a second opinion and if I didn't then I wouldn't be getting further investigations and The GP that I saw last night specifically said that if this isn't diabetes, then it could be a serious endocrine issue that needs to be dealt with sooner rather than later. It's very nerve wracking because I do get hypos and hypos are dangerous. And the fact that the original GP dismissed it even after I had, you know, stress concerns about high readings, uh, is also quite upsetting. I have been, re- I'm, I'm extra upset regarding these new developments with my health because I've just received some extremely positive news regarding my heart and extremely positive news regarding my liver that, you know, my liver is now recovered almost basically recovered from um the fibrosis that it did have and that my heart sorry (sighs) excuse me i have to fast for this test that i'm about to have and so i have not had my coffee i have not had any food so I, i do apologize for that little yawn there um as I was saying, it's, it's, it's really upsetting to be working so hard and feeling so happy because you're finally seeing results. Your, your liver's improving, your heart's improving. You've, you've lost a few little kilos of, of excess fat and you feel sort of better mentally and you feel like you're doing the right thing and you're on the right path by going to gym and changing your diet and trying to improve your gut health and things like that by, you know, sticking to a diet that suits you and your intolerances. I've discussed in the previous episode, uh, it's called the digestive struggle um, about 
the uh, the low for diet and my IBS that I also struggle with. I've been really, really sticking to that diet, not had gluten, not had lactose, um, you know, my my ability to stick to the low-fat diet is amazing and I'm just really, really upset that I've been really fighting back to improve my health and now this is happening and I'm not getting answers and it is frustrating. But at this point, the next stage is to contact my endocrinologist, get an emergency appointment with her or try to, uh, and then basically do these blood sugar tests that I'm about to go to in a minute and see what those results are, see what happens and uh, I will be continuing to monitor my blood sugars and I'll be continuing to bring my little special snack and my jelly beans with me so that if I do go into a hypo, then, well, yeah, if I do go into a hypo, then we know that um, I need to bring those blood sugars back up. I've explained to the doctors that my blood sugar levels do go down, but without me addressing the hypo they do go back up on their own and I said to him that they do go back up on their own and he said that doesn't matter that basically it has no impact the fact that I'm going low is not normal and if I didn't see this other GP I don't know what would have happened and I do not regret my decision whatsoever. And this is something that I want to stress to butterflies, parents of butterflies, again, even though I've already said this, please, if you are not satisfied, if you are confused, if test results don't make sense, please seek second opinions. Please do further investigations because you never know. And... It took my mum nine years to di- to get me diagnosed with Turner's. She was told that she was a neurotic mother, that there was nothing wrong with me and to take me home and to love me. And, you know, mum said that with the amount of rejections and, and dismissal she got, she felt like she had Munchausen syndrome, you know, that she was making it all up in her head. And it wasn't until she finally got that diagnosis of, of Turner's that she was finally happy to know what we were dealing with. Obviously, yes, she was devastated that, you know, her little girl was infertile, devastated that her little girl was going to have a little bit of a tougher life. But it was like, you know what you're dealing with. You know how to fight. You can't fight something that you don't know what you're fighting, you know. And and right now I need answers and wish me luck. I am about to go for my test and I'll continue the podcast when I get back. Okay, so it was pretty much a whole day for me and literally a second for you. I'm back uh, from the doctor's. Oh man, they had trouble finding my veins. Um, They got it in the first time, but then the vein collapsed 
it was a fun time. I had to get multiple needles. Luckily, needles don't bother me because I've had them my whole life. Um, I'm going to be very curious to see what the test comes back as. I feel exhausted. Um, it's been a big morning. I wanted to use this segment to also talk to you about other instances that have happened to me about seeking a second opinion from the doctor. Well, this is actually something that happened to my partner. My partner found a lump and it was a little bit concerning. Of course, it took me ages to convince him to go and get it checked out because you know what men are like. The first doctor said, nah, nah. It's just a cyst. It's fine. It, It's fine. It's fine. It's just a cyst. Uh, don't worry about it. Just leave it. But it was causing him a significant amount of pain and the doctor gave him... Um, you know, a, a scan just in case. It took me a little bit to convince Jonathan to get the scan specifically because the GP said that it was a cyst and he only really gave us the form to get a scan done, you know, just in case we decided to, but he said that there's no need. Well, we wanted that second opinion and we got the scan done. Turns out that they were really concerned uh they sent him straight to the cancer clinic and he had the cancer removed well we didn't know it was cancer at the time but we had our suspicions and it turns out that our suspicions were correct it was cancer it was removed luckily it was very very early stages and we were extremely lucky to have got it early and he didn't have to go through chemo. He had five years of regular scans, regular blood tests and regular checks just to make sure that nothing else was going on as, you know, cancer standards. But had we not got that scan, had we have not, you know, got a second opinion, who knows what could have happened? And this is why... I've decided that I'm going to find out what is going on with my blood sugars because I have had hypos, uh, symptomatic hypos at that, and that's not normal. And I want to find out why. These tests that I've just done may came may come back normal, and so what if they do? That just means that we have further investigating to do because I'm not giving up. I want to know why my blood sugars drop. In the future, from now, anytime I do get a symptomatic hypo, I will be recording the time and the date. It is on the machine, um, but yeah, I will be recording it. And I'll be recording what I ate prior to that. There was one day I thought was extremely odd. Um, I 
had eaten nothing. Um, oh, no, I had toast in the morning and then I had, you know, just a normal small serving of um, spinach and feta ravioli for... It was gluten-free spinach and feta ravioli, mind you. Because, um, again, my diet. Uh, and I was like, oh, you know, I am feeling fine. And then I kind of felt a little bit tired. This one, for some reason, wasn't as symptomatic. But I found it was extraordinarily weird that my blood sugars because two hours after the lunch I tested them and they were only at seven and that's quite good for two hours after a pasta meal um you know that that's not that's not a bad reading I don't think so um and then I was like I really do feel weird like something is off and like something feels really really off and I tested my sugars again they had dropped from seven to like 4.3 and then I was like I hate something's 100% off so I took my machine outside with me because I was at work at the time and I as soon as I started to get shaky as soon as I started to feel those symptoms I checked my blood sugar lo and behold 3.8 so and this is MMOL by the way um, I don't know, guys. It's just odd. It's strange. No normal person without diabetes should go into hypos. It's the black. It's the black and white, black and white of it. And no person without diabetes should get blood sugar readings over ten. And that's the black and white of it. And that was what I was told by my GP. So there you have it. I just wish I had answers and I'm going to keep on pursuing them. I will keep you guys updated um, in terms of what happens but I just wanted to stress in this episode uh, that always, always seek second opinions, third opinions if you need um, if you're not happy with the treatment that you're receiving. I will say always please be polite always please be respectful but if you are not happy with the results the responses from your gps be kind and seek a second opinion or ask for further testing further investigations if you do feel that it is necessary and um i just wanted to yeah stress that this episode so yeah 100% i'm not giving up on this the last thing that I wanted to add to the podcast and discuss is Turner's is a lifelong journey and a lifelong battle. You never know what you're going to deal with and what you're going to come across along in your journey with Turner's. And... I think the best way to deal with it is one step at a time and write everything down that begins or that is that changes you know situations like when you experience new symptoms or 
um, experience new new medical issues, write it down, write the dates, the times, the details. Not only does this help um, in advocating for you, but it helps you remember things because sometimes the process of diagnosis and testing and seeing specialists if need be can take a really long time so that's my advice to you 100 percent. if there are changes in your health then 100 percent write things down and advocate for yourself now research is important research is a hundred percent important in in the process of your health but make sure that you are researching credible sites that you trust medical professionals and don't purely rely on online resources um you know purely you use a you know local websites and websites that are you know by proper gps by the government reliable sources essentially is what i'm saying that that's what's going to be essential in your research and never assume things when it comes to your health always go through a medical professional and if you find things online that relate to you or are intriguing and you feel like that could be the answer never assume and never enforce it onto the gp you can ask about it and discuss it in a polite manner but never, ever, ever be disrespectful to your GPs or med- medical health professionals. Yes, unfortunately, there are times where medical health professionals are going to be disrespectful to you. It's just, it is what it is. That's life. There are people out there in general that are disrespectful and are horrible people. But that doesn't mean you need to give it, give it back to them. If you're not happy with the way you're being treated somewhere, go see someone somewhere else and always stand up for yourself but always be polite and respectful i think the best way to advocate for yourself is purely discussion because like last night i had a lot of anxiety i was really irritated and I just I was just at a point where I'm like I don't know how I'm feeling about this like I don't know whether my blood sugar machine's wrong and that there's nothing going on I don't know if I'm looking for problems because like for the sake of looking for problems I don't know if you know there's an element of medical anxiety or hypochondria in it but the reality is the numbers on those machines are there and that's not a lie and it doesn't make sense so regardless it's worth investigating and sometimes you do doubt yourself but talking to the GP and explaining what was happening to the GP did reassure me it a hundred percent reassured me that I wasn't crazy and that what I was experiencing what I am experiencing isn't normal it's not normal for me to 
have some toast, go for a 30-minute beach walk and for my sugars to drop low and for me to become shaky and not well and have to have something to eat to bring my sugars back up and to have that instant relief as well after I've had something to eat and for my sugars to go back up, which means that the machine seems accurate you know i i just don't know what to do i don't know how to feel about all of this but yeah always advocate for yourself through conversation explain to the doctors how you're feeling why you're feeling that way help them understand where you're coming from help them understand your position and always express that if it is impacting your work or if it is impacting your daily life please mention it because that is um, an indicator that there is something wrong uh, and that it needs to be taken more seriously if there is a medical condition that's affecting your daily life. And at this stage, my medical condition is it's causing me a lot of anxiety and I, like, because I have had times where my sugar has dropped low and I've felt really unwell I it's created a sort of anxiety where I kind of constantly want to check my sugars and that anxiety has become unhealthy and there's also anxiety around me going to work because I'm always like well you know is my sugar going to drop low? Have I eaten enough to prevent myself from going low? Have I eaten the right things? Have I eaten at the right times? Do I need to check my sugars today? Am I overreacting? I'm not diabetic. I have not been diagnosed as diabetic, so why am I checking my sugars? And trying to explain to people as well that I'm not diabetic but I still need to check my sugars and things like that and I have been I have been recommended by the GP to carry jelly beans and things like that and have access to them it's just it's a very odd experience to be going through and I know that diabetes isn't the only cause for you to go hypo but it's the first thing that we need to rule out and if it's ruled out, then it can continue to be scary uh, because it does mean that there is something not right. And, you know, Turner's does affect the endocrine system. And, and I am going to be following up with my endocrinologist and hopefully we'll get some more answers. So, I mean, she might make it extremely clear about what's going on she might tell me yeah well you know there are inaccurate machines or um there's certain things that the machines don't read correctly or if you have this or if you have that the machine's going to give you false numbers um but at least i'll have the reassurance of the blood test confirming that a i'm diabetic or i'm not diabetic um Previously, those tests have been normal, but I have had hypos and more since the last test. So I don't know whether the results are going to show something different or not. We'll see what happens and hopefully I get answers soon. Not to ramble on too much about that, but yeah. So in, in learning 
now about advocating and got my mum going through what she went through in advocating for me and my partner going through what he went through advocating for himself and me helping advocate for him to get the cancer removed and to get diagnosed with the cancer and then now me with these issues with my blood sugar you know it's it, it does it does cause a lot of anxiety and I notice that my weight isn't going down like it was and I have, I've been exercising a lot I've been doing a lot more I've been more active I've been reducing my calorie intake uh, and and just yeah there have been dietary changes but not I have been eating regularly regular meals I should not be dropping low so it just it it really does does confuse me as to what is going on but we'll find out there's also my hair thinning as well and there's just a lot of medical mystery around me at the moment and it's really frustrating because yeah I thought I was on the right track I got my liver better I got my heart better and I was making all these positive changes to my exercise regime my diet regime I was seeing a dietitian and then this happens and it's it's very upsetting because it's like you take like five steps forward and then six six steps back you know and it, it's heartbreaking because those five steps were hard <laughs> They were hard steps to take, you know, um, and it is, it's a never ending battle and Turner's is something that is completely incurable and it's something that we have to learn to live with and we have absolutely no control over. So it's kind of like you're fighting, but you know, you're not going to win. You know that Turner's isn't ever going to go away and the only reason why you're fighting in the first place is because you just want to feel as good as you possibly can. You know, you want to get as many answers as you can. You want to have control over your health and your life. And it's such a hard fight. But I hope that listening to my podcast and listening to my stories and keeping up to date with my life and my experiences helps you with your life and your experiences and that you know you don't feel like you're as that you're alone because uh, you're not alone there are other butterflies out there and there are other parents of butterflies out there there are other aunties and uncles and and brothers and sisters of butterflies out there and it's tough but you're not alone and we're tough and parents of butterflies are tough my god they're tough and we got this we're gonna fight we're gonna make the right choices for our health and we're gonna be active and we're gonna make the right decisions for our bodies and advocate for ourselves and advocate for our health and not let anyone step all over us because just because we're tiny just because we're delicate it doesn't mean we can't fight you know, we got this. I think it's time for me to fly away after that long, intense podcast. I am going to fly away. Goodbye, everybody. And I hope to see you in the next episode. 
and um, thank you for listening.